0: All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Tuesday episode of Crypto with English. It has been a while, but uh, we're back and better than ever. So I'd like to introduce to you all a very special guest. She's a Fulbright Scholar. She's also the Customer Success Manager, specifically of digital assets and currencies at Checkout.com. Amber Sarah. Amber, thank you very much for coming on to the show today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Pleasure, as always, to, to chat. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just for the sake of the audience, could you tell people a little bit more about yourself and a little bit more about what you do at Checkout.com?
1: Absolutely. Um, so I'm a financial services practitioner and more into how I got into blockchain. I think this will come into play, but I got my start in technology and government sector spaces. And then currently at Checkout.com, I work with crypto companies that are interested in accepting payments. So it's, may sound a little confusing but um fiat if you have fiat and if you would like to get uh, cryptocurrency so exchanges on ramps etc um we checkout.com is a payment service provider that allows that to happen so with that i will caveat by saying that you know all views expressed here are of my own and i am not here in representation of checkout.com um slight uh, once working in government, you can't not uh, have sure. it. Sure. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of and I in me. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, uh, you know, Checkout.com provides some very unique, you can say, uh, I, I guess, payment solutions. So in, uh, I guess, in a generic sense, what are some of the traditional problems with payment solutions that have existed for, let's say, the past, you know, five to 10 years? And, you know, this could be either the larger names and even the smaller ones.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can even go back five decades if you want to, right? If you sure. <laughs> right, if you think about accepting um, accepting payments and, and credit cards um, from that sense. So, you know, how do you exchange value? You can use cash for a very long time. You can write a check. That was an option. Um, right. And then another option was, was using credit cards. And so how can... Um, how can there be an incentive to even use a credit card in the first place? Because if you think about adoption, there was skepticism. How do I know not everything from my account is going to be withdrawn, or what's the fraud protection right. around that? So a lot of the industry has been, um, in you know, providing that safety and soundness for the end user to to use that in general, um, and just improve how that works between you know the issuer, whether that's a bank. Um, or, or the type of credit card across the schemes, Visa and MasterCard are the, some of the most common, most ubiquitous one worldwide. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, pain points is any time in that process. And when we think about blockchain in particular, or even, th- you know, layers above that, right? Cryptocurrency, sure. um, the, when we think of mass user adoption, will it can a transaction happen in seconds as it would be with a credit card right so the right. credit card industry or the payments industry have been working over time to improve that and so so many ways to improve it whether it's point of sales whether it's um you know faster processing times and so forth um right. so there's there's more of the traditional sense of what those issues can can be and when you think of it um you know sometimes you go to bodegas and yeah. uh $5 minimum right a lot sure. of that goes into the pain points of what it takes for even the, the merchant to accept a credit right. card.
0: Right. Absolutely. And on average, if you're a merchant and you're using, let's say, the traditional credit card companies to accept transactions, what is the average fee that, let's say, credit card companies will take from that sale?
1: Um, there really isn't a, a good average. Um, it really, really depends on so many different factors um if you used a company credit card as opposed to a debit card as opposed to a different type of you know um Amex that would have a different fee as opposed to mastercard I, I know one of their whole what i've noticed in their shop small business support was you know um they talk about being able to lower their fees so for that transaction so there really isn't like um, this is a static table it's evolving and as the schemes are also evolving to improve the process on their end um, or efficiencies on their end like it could just lots can come into play which is why um, folks in the blockchain or cryptocurrency industry may think some you know other alternatives make more sense
0: (laughs) right so just to summarize probably one could say the traditional problems would include processing times and then the issue of fees. What about fraud? Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. So, um, and I would say maybe take a step back processing times is getting better and faster. Right. It will be maybe settling. So if something was purchased on Friday or Saturday using my credit card, by the time that gets settled, if I was a merchant, if I'm selling shoes, sure. I am the shoe shop, um, and if there's a transaction, an online commerce that happened on Saturday, then I won't get settled in for that payment until the banks open on Monday, unless there's a Monday right. holiday. Then I that wasn't that won't happen until Tuesday. So I would say that's probably a really big pain point that is present day, right? Got it. And then fraud would be, um, you know, there's always risks with online commerce as well, or you physically lose your card, it's been physically stolen, then you want to make sure no one has access to your funds.
0: Got it. And when it comes to checkout.com, talk about some of the underlying technology. What makes this tick and what makes this a superior, excuse me, superior solution to many of the other competitors out there?
1: Yeah, well, you know, uh, bias. <laughs> well, I, I, well,
0: of course. But uh, but you know, you know, we had the little disclaimer earlier and you know right. let, yes. let's highlight some of the uh, the strong suits about this product.
1: Well, I mean, so you're you're chatting with someone that loves working here and I see how everyone um, truly cares about the customer and um, improving payments and really improving the how can we build communities. Um, because essentially, we're working with, with businesses um, and business owners. And granted, some are, are more enterprise accounts, but um, how can we improve the, that? What can digital payments do to improve communities moving forward? Um, and, and everyone definitely really cares about that. So, I mean, there's one aspect, right? Uh, work hard for, for the customer is definitely something that I love about here. And I, I see it also gets demonstrated in, in that value add. Um, but in general, we have a, um, unified, um, single API. And so as, yeah, so we spent, uh, checkout's been around since 2012. We spent a really long time in improving that product. Um, only recently, they just started, um, their, their series fundraising, but, you know, doing the work, the, getting the acquiring licenses, having those, that regional, um, expertise and presence. Right. Um whether the the merchant wants to expand to APAN markets, MENA, Europe or NORAM, right? North America, um that infrastructure, they've taken a long time to build the infrastructure in place. And so that's and all the end end user sees I'm talking about the merchant is that API. So if you want to expand to Europe, it's not another separate platform you have to integrate with. It's one single platform so right. that's something that i've i like it i find it um that i'm impressed with and and i see the seamlessness especially because my bulk of my portfolio are crypto merchants right they're growing so fast and it's you know right and high, probably- high sites. and so to see them just keep keep scaling at the way they want to and we can keep up with them is something that i think is really cool
0: Right, and by the way, just uh, you know, feel free to uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but some of your big partners include Patreon, Sony, and Curve. Is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm. And you yeah. know, and, and by the yeah, way, I
0: think right. that's a that's a very good, uh, you could say, you know, notch on the gun belt. Uh, <sighs> talk about that, and you know, talk about um, how you know Sony and Patreon and Curve were, uh, you know, willing to jump on board because that is an accomplishment in of itself.
1: Right. Well, so you have to think about, like I said, decades of credit cards existing and players in a space to enable online commerce. And yeah. um, I guess I wasn't involved in bringing them on board, but I would assume what is, what I see demonstrated to my merchants is probably the same for them is um, they can get a lot of value, a company that moves fast and, and nimble with them and in their expansion as well and, right. and providing that the quality that they need. So um, and then also, like I said, that flexibility um, as you move through different regions or need to expand, it doesn't, you know, it that platform is already, is already integrated. It ha- you know, the work is already done. You don't have to keep doing it over and over again every time you need to expand globally.
0: Right. And, you know, when it comes to a product, I think especially nowadays, more so than ever, The user experience is very very important so i was going through checkout.com i was looking at the documentation and kind of the ins and outs of this and i have to say it's very easy on the eyes it is very very user friendly from what i can see here from my research so talk about the importance of that the ui ux the user experience and how that is important more so than ever
1: yeah absolutely um the documentation's great, you know, for the engineering with our API um, aspects, When whenever they do want to add additional um, features to their checkout experience, right. um, as well as payments sucks <laughs> <laughs> for anybody that's not in payments, right? If you have to, if your finance team has to deal with it or your risk team has to deal with it, um, especially when I work with blockchain, companies because their mind is already has is engrossed in this paradigm shift so they almost have to step back to be like oh yeah this is how we interact with the traditional finance institutions right Right. so and i definitely see my role as liaison between those two to allow them to go ahead and build and run and revolutionize the world that we need (laughs) around uh, cryptocurrencies and payments but Um, but knowing that at some point, how do you get mass user adoption? Well, I have have a credit card. Can I just buy me some Bitcoin? Right. Right? And there are people that are trying to, or companies are focused on that. So going back to the UI experience um, that, like I said, payments is gross and being able to explain every part of the process and um, backing up that with um, that information on on our website. um, Simple, clean, not trying to overcomplicate that experience and, making it as easy as possible because it's like, especially in, in, in the shoes of my, um, of my merchants, they, you know, they feel like, I get the impression that the less they can interact with fiat, the, the better their life. Sure,
0: sure. And when it comes to cryptocurrencies and let's say being a user of checkout.com, Uh, What do you, as far as cryptocurrencies, and maybe this is an estimate or speculation on on your part, which ones do you think are going to be the most common ones used in, let's say, everyday transactions? Because, you know, there's so many coins coming out, you know, all the time. I think a lot of them do get wiped out. And obviously, the crypto market (laughs) has taken a tremendous beating. So... Um, in your estimation, um, do you th- do you see people using mostly, let's say, bitcoins to buy the groceries, or maybe Ripple, um, possibly Ethereum, even though mostly DApps are used, you know, uh, to be built off that. But you know, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, you have to. So there's, I like. Think of it in a couple different phases right you have sure. the satoshi paper right what like the white paper what's intended Bitcoin right. obviously has got a little like political so like to the extent sure. now how that's bit how bitcoin's been defined at least in the us right as an asset you are essentially saying i will i don't know i'm trying to think of another equivalent i will sell part of my i'm standing in line to get coffee i will sell part of my apple stock or my microsoft or whatever right some right. some stock i have of my investment portfolio i'm going to sell that to have liquid cash to use for a transaction right that's essential at this point that's essentially what has happened even though um i mean cash app is doing a really interesting job especially when uh with the lightning work network um coming right. on so is it to exchange value from point a to point b you know things like cash up can can make that happen is it to point of sale at um at a coffee shop to buy my my coffee i don't think bitcoin's the way it's going right now is the the way you can do it if you were to try to make that transaction is is the best way um People have been accepting Bitcoin for payments. Uh, I think what Bitcoin pizza, right? Ooh, sure. <laughs> 16 or something. Yeah. Um, if you just need to set up a wallet address, sure. Let's transfer stuff between wallets. Um, but when we are thinking of anybody accepting it and what gets settled in the merchant account, what gets settled in the coffee shop account? If they have right. a, a wallet address, that's different to ex- exchange value for goods. Yeah. Um, as opposed to i pay my rent in fiat and so you can give me bitcoin but i need to be able to pay you know the lease on this coffee shop building in, sure. in fiat right so um what would be going forward it'd be interesting i know um what we announced during uh bitcoin 2022 is that we're working on stablecoin settlement and
0: very
1: nice and it's so yeah so it just depends you're right Ethereum, a little bit better for smart contracts, DApps, DAOs, um, right. those type of um, type of transactions. Bitcoin might be a little bit challenging now, the way it has evolved sure. uh, to sure. do to do that type of payments. But right. um, ways that could help hold value um, as you need to interact in and out of the fiat and cryptocurrency space could be more on the stablecoin side, uh, and so that is where I think the trend, transition would be going because you have to think of the balance between mass user adoption. Right. Um, when we think of payments, which is a, when it's not P2P, right? What happens when the use case is in P2P?
0: Got it. So I was, uh, so I was wondering as well, when going about pitching this product to various, you know, various companies, as somebody who 's also in this space as well, often people will bring up the environmental concerns with using blockchain or anything blockchain and crypto you know related so if you can talk about uh, let 's say some of those issues when trying to you know pitch this company out and in all fairness, I do think there 's a lot of misunderstandings I think when it comes to some of the environmental critiques of blockchain and cryptocurrency now obviously Ethereum tends to be almost like the biggest uh, you know, I guess you could say blockchain of interest when it comes to, you know, that issue, especially with the incredible amount of energy that is uh, used and expended for its, you know, various processes. So I was wondering uh, if you could talk about some of those issues or if you've encountered them and what are what are usually your answers to that?
1: Yeah, definitely something gets brought up, especially folks not in the space. Um, I think that's, that's the first thing that that gets thrown at me Um, and it's funny because I've been working in in blockchain and got from a government perspective since about 2016 and um, I feel like that energy conversation or at least I wasn't as involved in it for a while that died down and then now as it's reaching more of a wider audience and you see more things happening within New York and Europe what could be proposed and so forth then it's it's kicking back up and obviously my 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 gut reaction would be you know well let's point the finger at everything else like okay well what about keeping your ac on all day or even traditional financial institutions those massive massive servers like like that's any less energy efficient right right right, to to process those transactions but that's not going to help us get anywhere right like it's um on on one hand it's it when i hear that you know i feel my, my first reaction would be eye roll right but then how can <laughs> we move forward because um just because it's just as pollutive as any other of our habits doesn't mean it needs to stay and um there's a lot of really interesting projects going on around that um and, and and it's just the consensus mechanism right to your point some have done proof of stake there's um gosh was it zero hash where they have recycled the proof of work within the block sh- of, of Bitcoin. Um, right. So it really depends how the, how the blockchain set up um, because there's, there's pros and cons to almost a lot of the main um, consensus uh, mechanisms out there. Um, but yeah. So you just have to look to the projects of people innovating. If you're thinking just Bitcoin related, I have seen stuff where people are taking that. If you have the rig, the energy, the heat is created from that mining rig can be reused into another type of contraption i've seen lots of different examples yeah that's right yeah most most common i've seen is um heating water so (laughs) right (laughs) so um i'm trying to provide an an all-in-one all-in-one stop shop i guess but i love that people are innovating it's good to be critical of it I don't think it's a reason to shut down the conversation and be like, oh, you're right. That's it. No right. more right. blockchain. <laughs> You've <Yeah>. done it. <laughs> you.
0: Right. Um,
1: but I, it is good to to be critical. And, and um, we're changing how humans can interact and agree. Like that's wild. So far for thousands of years, we had to have a trusted party. Right. If we can self-organize ourselves this way why should we still rely on like intensive old technology anyway, right? Right.
0: And, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I can only imagine you could say the energy expenditure and you could say damaged TV environment when, you know, essentially minting coinage and printing notes. And this could either be U.S. dollars, British pounds, euros or whatnot. You know, the the inks, the metals, the chemicals that are involved in those processes, you know, you can't really repurpose those, you know, to say say the very least, you know. And, you know, and especially as we're moving more and more towards a cashless society um it kind of makes you wonder um how necessary is it to let's say print the volume especially these days the large volumes of notes and coins nowadays especially keeping all of these things in mind
1: yeah absolutely and i think that's where we see the struggle happening um around cbdcs or right. um yeah or even just like is it a digital dollar or is it an actual like centrally backed digital currency? Right. Um, what's, what's the difference? And, you know, I haven't, I mean, I guess I would have been paid in, my paycheck would have been a fiscal check, but you know, money, just numbers just change in my account. I right. never hold anything right. for the most part. Um, so, so I, yeah, how do we, how do we keep track of all these as more and more things for efficiency sake? Um, Evolve that way.
0: Right. And I think it would be fair to say, too, let's say, you know, CBDCs, um, you know, central banks and governments creating their own cryptocurrency. Probably on average, if you leave it to a government to create those, more often than not, they're probably going to be expending and consuming more and more energy for those purposes. And I guess if changes and a pivot needs to be made, it's probably going to be a much longer process, you know, administratively, there's probably some sort there might be some sort of rulemaking process and things like that. Uh, You know, I think uh, maybe with some of these smaller companies and mid-sized companies and larger companies like checkout, if there is an adjustment or pivot that needs to be made, it's probably done relatively fast, if not very, very fast.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, pivots are definitely done very fast. I'll tell you, like coming from the government, there's good there's a lot of processes in place, but right. there's also good reason. Right. right. Uh, it, like if something goes south for a company, they can fold. Um, if something goes south for a country, that's a yeah, lot people's different. lives involved. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So it's always the balance. Um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I have, like I said, I started on government. I have worked in two different countries, governments. Um, I'll, people that try you know, very hard to do the right thing to serve their citizen and really understanding the weight of their responsibility. Um, but yeah, that definitely doesn't make it the most nimble of environments to, sure. to respond or even build things out sometimes.
0: Right. And by the way, just to backtrack a little bit, so going back to the example of, let's say, the bodega owner. So let's say, if, hypothetically, I own a bodega. Let's say this is in the Bronx or Washington Heights. You know, a mm-hmm. little, you know, little shop sells a little bit of everything. You know, you can get your groceries. You can also get your cigarettes here, you know, and gum and, and all that other type of stuff. So if I have customers coming in and let's say they want to pay me in Bitcoin, um, would I have to impose some sort of like $5 minimum? Or something like that
1: um i mean i wouldn't see why you would
0: right i mean that's the whole point like it seems like with this uh you know app checkout.com it seems like it bypasses that process
1: yeah so i mean checkout is a payment service provider we definitely interact with banks and like the card schemes so and so we're essentially the middleman in a payment process and blockchain the goal is to eliminate the middleman in in these right. um, where there's no trust right? right um but uh yeah it's because there's a couple of different parties are involved a message needs to be sent around all these you know the bank visa etc sure. um in order for a transac- transaction to be authorized and um for that amount to be withdrawn and then ultimately um that amount needs to End up in the account of the merchant right. Right, of that bodega. So yeah, there wouldn't really need to be a, a minimum, um, especially if yeah, right. Which is the future, ah. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> right. And you know, going <laughs> off of that, so one of the major ingredients that companies want to you know make as part of their recipe for success and expansion is social impact. So, you know, companies nowadays genuinely strive to, you know, create some sort of positive social impact based on the products and services they provide. So I was wondering if you could talk about, you know, some of your work in let's say BIPOC, you know, black people of color and as well as women, because nowadays, especially in 2022, a lot of these issues are now coming more to the forefront getting more attention and really um getting more and more, I guess you could say, focus by, you know, society, you know, in, in a greater sense versus let's say if this was the 90s or something like that. Now, you know, companies are on board to resolve these issues and improve upon, you know, some of let's say the underlying, you know, um, you know, social bulwarks that let's say hold people back.
1: Yeah. Well, um yeah, there's, sorry, my mind is racing because there's, I'm just trying to just. All right, where I bet there's a lot to, to parse through that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super, super exciting. So, I mean, one thing I really like about blockchain obviously eliminates the middleman. And I've, As we know, I could, def, you know, or at least what's been measured and tracked in, in the United States, I can't speak for other countries, although it's probably something similar, um, as a um, uh, just the inability to really fully participate in the financial institutions right. that we have um, poses a challenge. And then the lower barrier of entry that cryptocurrencies present or is also very exciting. And so you'll see also an adoption among uh, BIPOC communities at higher than um, not their non-white, white versus non-white counterparts. And there's, you know, speculation people um, is getting the attention of, of more of the financial institutions as opposed right. to maybe more of the think tanks that would normally measure this. But there are surveys and, and measurements going out trying to track this. And you see more of that type of participation just from the distrust in formal institutions because we have just seen them not get approved for loans for you know houses right. for their homes to be valued so much lower than at market rate anyway um and so on and so forth i can list the the discrepancies that are experienced by black indigenous people of color communities um and that's one of the things that i feel so excited about of the opportunity for for crypto and i and a lot of the entrepreneurs in the space that are, are building out for the accessibility financial inclusion i don't think Like maybe 2009, 2010, um, blockchain was like, yeah, financial inclusion. I just think it was rejecting a lot of things. And as more folks kind of understand the principles of blockchain and of value and what can get built on top of it and, you know, uh, what what's coming, you know, with Bitcoin and some of these other coins, and how p- how other entrepreneurs are also building their own cryptocurrencies on top of that. Um, right. You know, Black owned cryptocurrencies like um, Guaf Coin is one that I think is super fascinating. Um, the financial inclusion piece is getting wedged in there, and people are right. making a space for that, which I find so exciting. Um, and and it could not be a better time. You see in congress typically the quicker to adopt or support or champion just blockchain technologies or cryptocurrencies or digital assets in general tend to be more of the republican party but not all right. um, because they see that okay individual freedom from government etc sure. um but folks like darren soto's has been doing a good job for long time years right, right. um not just since 2021 or 2022, Um, and there's still, I think there's still a lack of communication that a lot of people are still trying in that advocacy work to show on the Democratic side uh, or Democratic members, um, knowing that the values of that party, that there is support and there is already a presence for many years of BIPOC-led projects to improve their community outcomes Um, which is so 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 exciting and um, and there's a lot of good work in the financial services committee that I've seen coming through in highlighting those stories because first, it has to exist on record in hearings and so forth so I see more and more folks from those communities being invited to the hill having those conversations and I look forward to having those as you know the nuggets that can get from those testimonies to be worked into future legislation. I know I work at FinTech, but I'm like still a policy nerd. You can't, you can't.
0: No, no worries. And, and <laughs> by the way, that, that uh, greatly clarified, you know, uh, I, I guess you could say some of the subject matter, you know, on that issue. And, you know, one of the issues that has been brought to the forefront way more so now than ever are unbanked populations and that even includes unbanked populations here in the united states and you know mm-hmm. one of the things that i came across is that for a lot of bipoc communities so black indigenous people of color a lot of you could say almost the traditional banking systems are either outside their reach or in a location that is greatly inconvenient it would probably cause a huge burden just to access it, you know, just transportation alone. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about that and maybe how maybe blockchain, DeFi, and even you know what Checkout um, is doing can maybe alleviate some of that burden.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have looked at proposed legislation when I worked, you know, on Capitol Hill from from my member's office of utilizing the post office as an option for banking because everyone has essentially access to, to mail, whether you're rural or whether um, right. you're just in a, I don't know, bank desert. Does that right. transfer over from a food desert? I don't know. but right.
0: um, No, but it logically makes sense. I mean, that, that could very much well be a new term.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Um, so to your point, there's definitely like an access issue um, as well. Fees from traditional banks. Sure. Having a minimum in your account. Having a fee when you don't have enough to meet the minimum, having a fee right. for overdrawn, as opposed to why don't you just not let me overdraw? <laughs> sure,
0: right, right. There's <laughs> not enough money to be made in that. So right, you know. of course, right. of course, yeah. of course. Um,
1: and you see a lot with those the, the neo banks and so forth of of kind of pushing back on that model and right. and providing real value for the end user. But um, I digress. And so things are improving. Yeah, thinking of um, a lot of really interesting companies like Celo, I think is really interesting, C-E-L-O, do right. a lot of really cool work. Yeah, yeah. we think of unbanked or underbanked um, and um, not so much stellar, um, but thinking about how do we think of cross-border transactions. Um, but like again, knowing that the current structures in place are not really inclusive or um, right. really allows for for payments to happen as easily as, as someone would like um, and then from Checkout's perspective I the support that I, I think will be really cool as we see um, we're like again like I said we announced in Bitcoin 2022 that we have done some stable coin settlement and if we can make it Easier um, to accept a payment anywhere in the world um, and have that get settled in the hands of the merchant in a way that makes sense. I think that'd be really powerful. I mean, it's still even if you interact with payments, it's like unless you have fiat, right? It's still really challenging just getting the bank account to begin with. Um, right. So those are some of the the, the main barriers um, to start. But like I said, different areas of working cash app. I've been on clubhouse meeting calls of building the community getting explaining what is bitcoin what is blockchain sure. um and then saying yeah if you want i will send you some some i don't know how much but like on the phone with people that are on clubhouse or are people that are curious right i will right. send you some bitcoin um give me your cash app address i'll send it to you you know, this is—we don't have to demystify this at all. Right. Um, you don't need to have some—I don't know—investment advisor. To, I mean, right. I don't know. You should probably do your own research. But like, um, the the bears of entry is is a little different, which on the flip side could be a concern. Right. That's the other conversation I'm seeing from members of Congress on the Democratic Party. It's like, okay, well yeah. then now are they in a the vulnerable um, state? And so it's always that that balance of personal freedoms, personal responsibility, sure. um, and and to what point can is it does it make sense? Can we protect the consumer?
0: Right. And since you have a very rich background in essentially you know uh, government policy, yeah. you know both both you know academically and in practice, where do you see the future of regulation here in the? You know, United States, and I, I do feel this is eventually going to transcend either a Republican or a Democratic, uh, you know, administration. But is it simply going to be um, an issue of how do we get the IRS to tax this, or is, is it going to be something else? Like, what do you think the general direction will end up being?
1: Yeah. I think first we need to get a little organized, which is why I think Biden's executive order that came out earlier this year is exciting because he basically said, Hey, guys, go get organized. Um, right. And, and like, these are some starting points, these are what you're going to be in charge of learning and, and organizing about. Um, but I, I think. That's an a, a interesting step in, in, in the right direction um, because otherwise we have a lot of back and forth between FinCEN and SEC and who wants to identify what. I think that's going to keep going. I do find it um, interesting when they, you know, putting out letters to clarify existing laws in place. I, I think that the... the Going forward, we're going to have to decide if is it an entirely own separate entity right? monitoring agency or something or, or can it exist within the structures are in place. And it's going to be I think it's going to be a little bit of both. But my opinion, as much as possible, I think it should work within the existing structure, because if you I don't I guess it what you think the principle is, like, what do you think the future of this technology is? And I've, I would like it to be seen as, um, you know, just as as cash, as value, as, as anything else. Um, right. And obviously the government has different,
0: right, has different
1: ways how they want that to happen, right? right. But right. I think it should be like, you know, at on the same level as, as everything else, just in, in a digital space.
0: Right. And, you know, this is more or less a policy or economic question, but do you think New York and Palo Alto, Silicon Valley have kind of lost the plot, so to say, as far as being tech centers? Because now, um, and I think it's particularly apparent within the past year, year and a half, but it seems like Miami and Austin are now essentially the burgeoning um, and and soon to be semi-permanent to permanent, like tech centers in the US, like you see all the migration of... Uh, liquidity and you could say uh you know thought leaders and companies you know going to those two cities. Um do you think that will be essentially what's uh what's gonna be the status quo going forward those two cities essentially narrating of, like, hubs yeah yeah in terms, in terms of Wyoming? hubs in terms of yeah I mean
1: I don't know Wyoming's been trying they've been being they've been pretty aggressive in their legislation for the last couple of years and no one's moving there. Um I'm sorry who? Wyoming, Wyoming. Oh yes, yeah. The state, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, I think. I I get that sense as well, right? When you you're in those environments, you see the type of companies and VC capital and so forth. Um. You know, I think I think there is going to be a shift. Um, I do see that. It's nice because I was going to say, well, like, well, this the mayor of Miami is trying super hard. Right.
0: But then I was like, that's not
1: fair. That doesn't, like, other places are trying too. And California also passed something, or I can't remember if it was proposed or passed, um, maybe one or two weeks ago, that even enabled procurement of blockchain technology, which is wild. Um, Because I've worked on some technology modernization projects. So procurement. So, like, is it encouraging the DMV to put forth request for proposals,
0: right, right, to improve
1: their processes using blockchain technology as an underlying, like layer. I don't know, like right. that's pretty cool. Obviously, with anything, does does it happen overnight? I don't know, but um, yeah. So I think it's in the right direction. I think it's in every major city's best interest to be as crypto friendly as possible, and whatever makes sense for right. the values of their community. But I agree. I see. It feels that way when I'm in those locations,
0: right? And how about the inclusion of women in Web three and uh, in this, you know, DeFi space as well? It seems like blockchain and even COVID kind of more or less, you know, revealed some of the vulnerabilities and you know pain points in society. And now it looks like with DeFi and crypto, more and more women are, let's say, entering the space as entrepreneurs and players. But it seems like uh, you know many you know, have expressed to me. It's still not a large or overwhelming amount at this point. So do you think a lot of those traditional barriers still exist, even in let's say a very forward progressive space like blockchain and crypto?
1: Um I would say those that find it convenient to have barriers of power will as they move into the space, we'll transfer that with right. them. Right. I mean, I have been in DAOs where I mean it's no different from when we were working from home and and you realize what your coworkers are parents, right? Sure. Um I've been in DAOs where making decisions and and we have little crypto babies joining the call too, right? Um yeah. oh, probably alongside some of the first words they learn as well. Um And so it's going to be as accessible as we agree it's going to be. And I've seen women make a lot of great contributions in this space um, since, gosh, since I started paying attention in in 2016. Um, And there's deaf, I love women-led crypto events. I've done a lot of like, free like trainings and so forth as part of this stuff to to get more women familiar with the space. I think that something that's challenging about blockchain communities is that there could be a lot of, of uh, like slang and lingo that can make right. it a little a annoying jargon, to right. join. Yeah. Yes. yes, 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 a lot of jargon around with it. So, um, and uh, that can, you know, if someone doesn't have the patience for that, then, you know, that could be a turn turnoff. Um, right. Sometimes it can come off as a little bro Um, but which is why I need my <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh but that is a little bit finance anyway. I think that it is exciting to see more women um engage in it because they see they are, no offense, but like globally more responsible for for different more different types of people. And so they can be efficient with their money if they have. Families in different parts of the world that they have a sense of responsibility for. They will make the decisions as needed, and if blockchain or c- cryptocurrencies, digital assets, right on top of blockchain, um, is the way to do that more efficiently or cost effectively, then yeah, we're going to see more and more adoption of that. And um, I and they are creating the space. I you know meet the entrepreneurs that are super that are you know it's really exciting, and so. Um, as long as we keep highlighting and keeping them in, in the same space, as I said, it's no accident. Like no one's going to give up their power. Right. For fun, yes. you know, or yeah. something the way conveniently. Right. Um, if you're not pushing for something, then the, you're just transferring the the same issues that have always been in, in play. Are just going to make their way into the space as well? So, um, right. let's, let's not be jerks and right. being inclusive from the beginning.
0: Right. And on a final note, so what does checkout.com have in store for Q3 and Q4? You know, with all this, uh, you know, all these, uh, exciting things going on in crypto blockchain in general. Uh, you know, from my research here, it looks like you guys are, you all are putting together a really great application to just simply make the entrepreneurship and the uh, customer experience much easier.
1: Yes, it's definitely the goal. I mean, all of our um, stuff in H2 just being the best payment service provider as needed for our merchant community. Um, And again, like I said, bitcoin 2022 we announced stablecoin settlement i think you'll see a lot more of that in the right. second okay. half of year as well and um and our our we had a huge survey research that we um published last month on a dig, you know digital users payments cryptocurrency payments just the the attitudes around that and so you'll see more of that implemented I believe, in, in h forward.
0: Awesome. Well, I got to say, Amber, it was an absolute pleasure having you on today. Uh, I really do appreciate you presenting Checkout.com and really exploring and, you know, clarifying and illuminating some of those, you could say, macro and micro, you know, economic issues, along with social issues surrounding all this stuff. So it was an absolute pleasure. And thank you for coming on today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Well, listen, enjoy the rest of your week, Anna. I'll talk to you soon. Will do. All right. Take care.